Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. Okay, one more time. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. That's more like it. Everybody's excited, ready for November. Uh, I, I know I am. I can't believe how fast October went. Oh, my gosh, it's crazy. Um, at this time, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. We'll be in Mark 9, 42 through 50. Mark 9, 42 through 50. And if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around his neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin... Pluck it out, for it's better than for, so it is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where their worms d- does not die and their fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. Amen. You may be seated. Dear Lord, thank you for this day and thank you for this church. Thank you for this time we get together to uh, be in the word and, and to understand some, some difficult sayings that you have, Lord. Um, it's, it's so, so difficult to um, do what's right, but we know that you can give us strength and that you've taught us how to turn from sin and that you've taught us that you died for our sin, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would not speak, that you would speak through me today and that um, my words would not be heard, but instead yours. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, I'm, I've been kind of excited to tell this story, this, the story of Cranberry Cheer. Um, in 2015, my first year of college, um, my friend and I, he, he asked me to not say his name, so my college roommate <laughs> and I had been um, doing a lot of school, trying to keep everything prioritized. One thing that we had not prioritized was doing our laundry. <laughs> so slowly a week would turn into two weeks of laundry, and instead of dealing with it, um, we just kind of let it sit. So slowly it became, it smelled more and more. And so we're like, shoot, we have to do something about this. Our room kind of reeks. We don't want people in here. We don't like it. What should we do? And so we decided that the smartest thing was going to be to go to Target and get some Febreze. (laughs) (laughs) So we got a bottle, a $5 bottle of Febreze's Cranberry Cheer. And we just gassed our entire room with that. 
There was so much cranberry. You could smell cranberry from the lunch hall. We lived on two floors above that, so um, it was very potent. And yet there was still this stench. There's still this underlying stench that we knew what it was, but we were kind of lazy. We didn't want to deal with it. It's too much. It's, it's way easier to just spray some cranberry cheer on stuff than actually have to deal with it. And so, um, during reading these passages, it just got me thinking about this. Um, how often do we as Christians, instead of dealing with our sin, instead of dealing with our laundry, instead of dealing with sin, we just kind of spray over it, make it so it's not that bad. Yeah, we could do the laundry, we could deal with it, but maybe it's easier to just overlook it. Maybe it's easier just to um, turn the other way and find a quick fix. But that's not what God asks us to do. He asks us to repent from sin. And so here we are in Mark, Mark 9, verse 42. She says, If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around his neck. Um, when it says little ones, Jesus earlier in this passage, has grabbed one of the kids, and he, in 36 it says, He took a little child and had him stand among them. Taking him into his arms, he said, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. So a little earlier he's talking about uh, the importance of loving our children, of loving our kids, and not just... Um, our literal kids, but also um, people who are new to the faith, these new Christians, these young children, these young Christians. And so um, God says on one hand, whoever welcomes these, welcomes me. If you, let, if you bring this child into me, uh, you're welcoming me. But then now he's on the flip side and he says, if you hurt one of these little kids, if you cause them to sin... Um, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone, a big rock tied around your neck. If you get thrown into the sea with a big rock on your neck, you're going to die and drown in water, which is something you do not want to do. <laughs> and so um, God really takes this time to talk about this. I'm so excited and so thankful for um, the opportunities that Lily and I have had here at the church of um, getting to invest in some of the younger kids here and your guys' uh, investing in them as well. It's been very apparent to me that you guys love your kids at this church and you love the young Christians and excitingly uh, bring them in. I think of um, Landon and Jared over there, Gracie and Leah and Edgar, and somewhere is Hayden. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> um, I just pray that you as a church would continue to um, bring these kids into your lives and as you bring Jesus into yours. We so often cause each other to stumble through silly things. Um, sometimes it's maybe hurtful words, that other people overhear 
And then it puts a bad taste of Christianity in your mouth, you know. I know that's happened to me before, and uh, I've seen it happen to others, and I, that's not what God wants from us. <laughs> and so, going on into 43. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell where the fire never goes out. Thankfully, um, I'm a new pastor, and these are all super easy verses, so thank you, John. <laughs> no, um, it's, this is a tough passage, guys. It's, I've heard stories of people taking these, this very literally, where they've, um, they've maimed themselves um, because they believe that, man, if I, if I do this, I'll get rid of the sin. But that's not necessarily what... Um, God is saying here, there's, there's two ways to look at it, I guess. Um, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. There's this over-exaggeration, but not necessarily overly-exaggeration. Obviously, you don't want to go to hell, and if the only way is to cut off your hand, you should do that. Thankfully, there's other steps you can take. Um, if instead of leaving my laundry and instead of just spraying cranberry cheer on it, if I would have done my laundry, my room wouldn't have smelled. I could have dealt with things a lot easier that way. And so, instead of having two to three weeks of laundry stacked up, so maybe instead of cutting off your sin, or cutting off your hand, you can... Um, deal with what actions are causing you to sin. What are you doing that's causing you to sin? Are you um, looking things up that you shouldn't be? Are you fighting? You know, what, what is the sin that you need to deal with? In 43, it says at the end, um, it's better for you to enter life maimed with two hands to go into hell where the fire never goes out. This word hell that they use is, is Gena. It's a, it's a place. It's the Valley of Gena. And um, in the Old Testament, this place was a place um, where they would do child sacrifices. It was this awful, awful, disgusting place that people would literally um, kill children to this false god Moloch. Then King Josiah... Um, is trying to come in and cleanse the area of these false idols. And so what he does to get people to stop those child sacrifices is he fills that area with sewage and waste so to stop the sacrifices, to make it an unclean place. So he takes all of the nastiness and puts it all in this spot to keep away these people that are sacrificing to children. So on top of this grossness of sacrifice, he's adding this sewage and this disgusting garbage. It became the area where they would put their garbage, the, the people of Jerusalem, they'd put their garbage there, then they'd set it on fire. These huge garbage dumps would continually be on fire. And so Gena became a symbol of punishment of God's punishment, of saying, this is hell, this is the eternal fire 
or you'll be in this nastiness, this grime. This is the best way I can describe it to you so that you can see this right now of even just a hint. And yet, that place would be better than hell. And so we come back to how are we going to deal with this sin? If you can go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. It says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world... The cravings of sinful man, the lust of his own eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So he says there's things in this world that don't mean anything, that we crave, that we desire, but it's not from the Father. It's not him. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. And so we're back to talking about the will of God. First off, if you're following along in our notes here, don't cause a child or a new Christian to sin. Next we have the hands. What are hand actions? What are actions that we take? That causes us to sin. If we go to Matthew 16 through 24. And again, that's Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and when he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom." Whoever wants to save his life is going to have to lose it. Being a Christian, following God, is going to require sacrifice. And it's not going to be easy sacrifices either. And even the easy sacrifices, you still have to sacrifice. (laughs) It goes on in Mark 9 to talking about the feet. Mark 9, 45. If if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. To be thrown into Gena, into this trash fire, this nasty trash fire. Is he saying you should cut off your feet? He could. But how about instead of cutting off your feet first, 
We turn away from sin. We don't go into those places that we know are going to cause us to sin. If we have an alcohol problem, we don't walk into an alcohol store, right? If we have a gambling problem, we don't go into a casino. These are easy, not easy, it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice that we have to make, and we have to do it because that's what he says. If you want to live your life, follow me. Turn away from the things of this world. And then it goes on, 47, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Again, this is the things that you dwell on. So we have the hands, which are the actions, if you're following along in our bulletin. We have the feet, which are the places you visit, for the second. Then the third, your eyes, the things you dwell on. You know that song, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see? Because the Father up above is looking down with love, so be careful, little eyes, what you see. He knows your thoughts. He knows your desires. He knows what you look to. He knows what is important to you. And so maybe instead of dwelling on things we shouldn't, we get in the Word. Maybe instead of dwelling on things we shouldn't, if reading the Word is too hard, is to do something else. (laughs) You don't have to take... You should take drastic measures, but even the simple small ones of like, okay, I'm just going to do something else, is more important than living in sin and being thrown into hell, into this trash fire. So we have to decide, are we going to um, justify? Are we going to spray cranberry cheer on our sin? Are we going to make it smell good? Or are we going to do our laundry? Are we going to sit down and take the time and deal with the things that we know are sin and deal with it right now, today? Because tomorrow is not promised. The next hour is not promised. Nothing is promised except that God died for our sins, and you can choose that gift, or you cannot. And I beg you, I urge you, deal with this sin. Deal with the things that are keeping you from Christ, because God can't have anything to do with sin. And thankfully, He died for it. Go again to Matthew 5.13. Matthew 5.13 You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything, except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your Father, 
that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. This next part of the verses, um, I can't talk about without telling another story. Um, But we'll get to that because I missed one verse. (laughs) Verse 48. Where their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. The worm, this this phrase that they use is one that um, Isaiah uses. And he talks about how this worm, this sin, doesn't die and how you're still dealing with these sins. That's continually, it's always there for you because you chose not to deal with it. And the fire, this burning sensation is never going to go out because it's eternal. The question is, what's your worm? What's this thing that could keep you from going to heaven? Nothing if you've chosen God as your Savior and you repent from your sins. Which, thank God for that, right? 49. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. When I was really little, my dad and my little brother were watching a uh, a football game. And he had a big bowl of chips. And my dad would take a chip, he'd eat it. My brother would take a chip, he'd eat it. And they did that for a long while. They probably got through about half the bowl. Until my dad took a chip and put it in his mouth and it just tasted absolutely disgusting. It was kind of warm and wet. It was just really disgusting. There was no salt on it. And so he's like, what in the world? Spits it out of the mouth. Whatever. Takes it a couple more. And then he stumbles on another one. He's like, okay, I don't know. Is this a moldy bag? What's going on? He looks over at my brother who's taking a chip and licking off the salt and putting it back in. And just going for it. Keeps going for it. It's so gross. A warm wet, saltless chip. It's nothing. (laughs) It's not good. And in the same way, this verse says salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? How can you be a Christian that is a warm, wet, saltless chip? How can you be someone with no flavor who doesn't care about sin? You, You can't be a Christian and not care about sin. You can't be someone who professes to be a Christian and not deal with sin in your life and not call out sin when you see it in the appropriate way, of course, but we're accountable to God at the end of this. Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. And that's what I want for this church. I want you to continue to be salt. A salted church that is good. That when the rest of Minatrista and St. Bonnie sees this church, they see that this is a good church. That this is a church that brings life and flavor to the community. And that they call out sin when they see it and they deal with their own sin. And that they're at peace with each other. Thank you so much, Minnetrista Baptist Church, for being that 
for me and for my wife, Lily. Thank you so much for being that to me and the kids here, to the elderly here, and everyone in between. Thank you for giving opportunities for young um, pastors to preach. I thank you so much for um, my time here, and I pray that you would be at peace with each other. Uh, I'm going to pray now, and then I'm going to have Will come on up. Um, We always ended with the priestly blessing, and so today I'm going to do that for this church. This was a church that um, they would say to the children of Israel, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.